From KBGA Radio and the Montana Kaiman, this is Missoula Community Weekly. I'm John Hooks. And uh, it's a huge piece of Missoula that was torn away just like that, just like that. And the independent was a local vestige of what remained of independent free thinking. And we're looking at Lee Enterprises right now, um, who also owns the Missoulian, just going in and shutting down the independent, locking people out of their jobs. And in in my tradition, an injury to one is an injury to all. So, standing up for those workers and standing up for our paper. If you followed one local news story this week, it's probably the one we're going to talk about in this episode. A little over a year after its purchase of the paper, and just a few months after the staff had unanimously voted to unionize, Lee Enterprises abruptly shuttered the Missoula Independent last week, bringing the 27-year-old alt-weekly newspaper to an ungraceful end in the early hours of September 11th. The closure itself may not have been completely unexpected. In late August, members of the Independence Union, the Missoula News Guild, met with Lee representatives for two days of scheduled negotiations. But those negotiations lasted less than an hour after the union rejected a proposal to cut either three quarters of their staff or face being shut down. But the manner of the shutdown was unexpected. The abrupt and unannounced closure of the indie offices and the complete removal of the paper's social media and website on Tuesday morning left many Missoulians feeling incensed and disrespected. And it led to an impromptu protest later that day in front of Lee's offices at the Missoulian. In this week's episode, we talked to the independents Derek Brower and Erica Fredrickson to hear their inside account of the last days of the Missoula Independent. Here's that story. turns and tell me your names and what your roles are at the Independent. I'm Derek Brower. I was a staff reporter at the Indy. I'm Erica Fredrickson. I was the arts editor at the Independent. So we're recording this interview on September 17th. So this has all been happening within the last week. But I'm wondering if you guys could start off by telling me what you were up to last Monday, uh, September 10th. What was I doing? We Monday, we were doing what we typically do on a Monday, which was come in in the morning and start. For, for me, it was um, I was getting copy from freelancers, and I was editing uh, pieces for the arts section. Um, and I was putting together the letters to the editor and writing up uh, an album review for a show 
um, that is tonight, <laughs> but it never got printed. So, um, so that's, that's what I was doing. It was a typical Monday deadline day. Uh, I was uh, I was over at the ACLU offices uh, reporting a story about a report that they had put out on problems with the state's probation and parole system, and then I was uh, uh, doing uh, revisions on a cover story that was set to come out uh, last Thursday. So just a fairly standard Monday. Yes. A busy standard Monday. Standard yeah. Monday. And then what happened Tuesday morning? Erica woke me up. I took my five-year-old daughter to catch the bus at 7.54, and I walked back and got back into my living room at eight, a little after 8 and saw a Gmail a message pop up from Lee Enterprises, and that was strange because they don't uh, generally email me to my personal account. So, and the title of it said, Indie Closure Letter, something like that. And so I had a sinking feeling, and I opened it up and read that as of September 11th, the Indie office is closed. And it said how we can come in, that we should not come to work, that we can schedule an appointment to come get our things, and a few other things. Um, at the time, I was still a little blurry because it was morning and I was shocked. And I didn't even realize it was September 11th. I thought maybe that was a week away. <laughs> uh, the way it was worded, it felt like it was still out there. And so I called Derek immediately and woke him up and told him, read him part of the letter. And he said, September 11th is today. <laughs> I remember telling you that. Did you, could you tell that you woke me up when you called me? Yes, yeah. I could tell. <laughs> I <think> my <laughs> voice was, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had, missed a, I had missed a phone call from uh, an HR representative from the company earlier in the morning at 7.30. I heard it buzz, but I didn't pick it up. Um, and, and then saw that I had a voicemail from him. And he had said that he had called me uh, and the other member of our bargaining committee before everyone else to give us a heads up, but that advance notice was about 20 minutes, I guess. One thing that really struck me was how kind of quick and coordinated this whole thing seemed to be, because um, it seems like within that 20 minutes of advance notice, you know, you had all received your phone call and your email, the office had been locked up, and all of the social media and the website had been taken down. That's what it seemed, yeah, I mean, it was it was clearly coordinated on the company's uh part in the morning. And, and in fact, I guess one of their, uh, their HR executive from Iowa who had been flying in to bargain with us was there that, that morning. Um, so, uh, she had obviously flown in for, for the occasion, I suppose. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it came as a total surprise to us and, and it was, uh, it was particularly jarring to, uh, try to pull up the indie website at the same time we're reading this letter and see that the whole website was gone as well. Um, so this closure came just a few months after uh, the indie staff had unionized and was in active negotiations with the company leading up to this. Um, so I'm curious, what was your kind of sense 
of where those negotiations were at before um, this happened on Tuesday? Well, we knew uh, a decision point was coming, uh, which was why we had launched a public campaign in the weeks ahead of it. Uh, the company We had met with the company three times over the course of the summer, once a month. And uh, the first meeting was in June, and the message was that the paper was in financial trouble, but that they hadn't given up on it, and they wanted to find a way to make it work. Um, but that they wanted to be able to outsource a bunch of these functions except for the newsroom and leave that intact. So that's where we started in June. Uh, and then in, in July, uh, a month later, they presented a proposal that went further than their initial one, which also reserved their ability to lay off up to half our newsroom staff. And, uh, and they said that if we didn't agree to that, they may think about shutting it down. Um, and in fact, they said if we did agree to that, they may still shut it down, actually. Um, and so then in, after that is when we launched this public campaign to let people in Missoula know to the extent we could that, that a shutdown was on the table. And then at, in late August, we had our third and final meeting with them. And it was, it was scheduled to be two days long, but ended up only being an hour. And uh, we rejected their proposal to uh, uh, lay off up to three quarters of the staff and instead asked... Uh, if they were willing to come to some mutual agreement and say, let's give this thing a year, two years, six months, whatever you need, whatever's viable for you, and, and figure out where the paper needs to get in that time and work together to make that happen. Um, and uh, at that point, they said that they were going to consider it uh, with their top executives in the company, that it was out of their hands even, and that they were going to call us with with their thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we were waiting on a phone call at that point, and they had told us that they were considering it in the context of their fiscal year, which turns over at the end of September. Mm -hmm. So um, we asked them point blank, actually, at that meeting if that phone call was going to tell us they were shutting the paper down or laying off these employees over our objections, and okay. they told us they didn't know what it was going to be. So we had heard nothing from the company after that meeting when, and were waiting on a phone call when we got these letters. Are you still in active negotiations with Lee Enterprises? Uh, I think we're tentatively scheduled to uh, meet next week uh, to discuss severance, um, but that's really the last course of business between, between the two entities at this point. It seems like one of the biggest questions and, and sticking points that remains here is the state of the Missoula or the Independence website and um, its archives of 27 years of local reporting. Uh, do you guys know of any plan to get those back up and published? Unfortunately, it's a question for the Missoulian because in uh, Lee Enterprises because we've heard nothing from them really? on this. Um, the the morning that the shutdown happened, I called the the hr rep who had left me the voicemail and, and asked him a couple questions and the first one was uh what's the plan for the archives i see that they've been pulled down and and at that point he had just told me that they were going to look into ways that they would remembered we had had issues with the way they had migrated the archives already online when they bought the paper and moved the website and we had mentioned that in bargaining that that was a priority for us that that gets straightened out and he referenced that he knew it was a priority for us because we had talked about it before but mm -hmm. that they were still thinking about what they do after that i've heard nothing and our and i don't think our guild rep has heard anything so um but i know uh, uh members of the community have been calling and emailing the missoulian about this question and i've seen a, a few of them have posted you know, responses they've gotten online, which 
uh, appeared to indicate that they're looking into things but didn't have a plan yet. How would you like to see that process go? I think there's a couple of, there's a few organizations, I think, that do this. Um, one is the Archive Project, um, which I'm hoping that Lee Enterprises will work with to uh, give the archives to, and then they can sort of hold on to them um, if Lee Enterprises doesn't want to do that. Um, so there's easy ways to do that. They do that for free, and there's no reason not to do that. I mean, in my view, it's a very minimal expense to restore the MissoulaNews.com domain and keep that live. Those hosting fees, in my understanding, are not high relative to the cost of running a newspaper like the Missoulian. Um, so I would like to see them just keep that site active and searchable uh, for for readers and and for us as employees i mean our 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 portfolios are those websites right. um so it's important to us that we have access to that as we look for other employment but uh yeah i mean i i think i think lee enterprises should should pony up and pay the the 30 50 bucks maybe let's call it 100 bucks a month to mm -hmm. keep that thing live but in addition to that you know i think it should be saved somewhere else too and they should make arrangements to do that because they've proven that that they're not a, a trustworthy guardian of that information either. At least they don't appear to see their responsibility in that way. I'd like to, I, I want to separate Matt Gibson out from that, the former owner of the Indy, because, it, you know, he's, a lot of people are angry with him right now. And I think that he does care about the archives. And I would like to think that, I think there's people that probably think he doesn't, I've worked with him for 10 years and I don't agree with a lot of st stuff that's happening with him. He and I would not agree on a lot of things, but I believe that he cares about them and I'd like to see him show that and I believe that he will. How did it uh, feel to you guys personally to see that happen? Uh, from my perspective, it kind of seemed like adding insult to injury to not only take away this reporting in the present, but also um, at least temporarily removing you know, 27 years worth of uh, history and historical reporting. It was a slap in the face to me. It was an unnecessary move on their part, and I don't know what motivated it. Um, I can think of a couple different things that might have. One would be spite and to make an example of us, but there are other reasons as well. Maybe uh, um, I had heard that they had mentioned to some groups that data security was an issue for them, but there are ways they could have handled that, that that would have not taken the archives offline. And at this stage, if data security was the concern, there's no reason they couldn't have restored it by now. Um, but um, in my view, the way the company executed the shutdown of the paper was indicative of the way the company was managing the paper. And to me, that only underscores why we organize and appeal to the community and, and the company to uh, to work harder to make the paper work. And and for people who are wondering what was going on behind the scenes uh, in this last year and a half, I think the way the shutdown was executed is an example of, of the kind of uh, neglect that, that we, at least I, was frustrated with. I'm curious about what you guys think, um, how much 
this closure and the manner of the closure uh, could have been a retaliation for the unionizing of the staff? You mean, just to clarify, you mean the shutdown as a whole here? The shutdown yeah, as yeah. a whole, was it, do you think it was retaliation. retaliation? I don't know if it was. I think the context is important for people to know, and and not just that it was the independent bargaining with the company, but mm -hmm. that the independent was bargaining, the independent staff were bargaining with the company at the same time that other Lee Enterprises newspapers were organizing themselves. We were the second of three Lee Enterprises papers to organize last spring. And all three of us were the first papers to have organized under Lee Enterprises management. And they have about 50 daily papers uh, in the country. And then the day after they shut the independent down, the, uh, the largest paper owned by Warren Buffett who earlier this summer turned over management of his papers to Lee Enterprises, uh, filed for uh, a union election uh, in, in Omaha. Um, that's a huge deal for, for the movement. Um, and, and I think it shows that papers aren't deterred by actions like these, whether or not they're intended to deter it. Um, so you guys weren't able to attend the spontaneous uh, community protest outside of the Missoulian offices on Tuesday, but I, I definitely am curious about how the community reaction so far to the indie closure um, has affected you guys and, and what uh, it's meant to you um, in this last week. Well, as far as how it felt to get the support, I, I knew that the independent was important to people. It didn't surprise me that people were upset, but I think I was still really overwhelmed by how people responded so quickly. There was the protest the same day that the shutdown happened, and there were people sending private messages to us of support and offering their services and being angry for us in a really genuine way. And I think it just really showed me, it really confirmed for me in a big way that we, we can't not have uh, an alternative weekly here. We, we need one. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's clearly an appetite for independent journalism in Missoula. Mm -hmm. And I think there's anger and disappointment around the way that these corporate media companies are running the news business into the ground and and not investing in the communities that they they cover and and that support the work that their journalists do uh and what happened to the independent is a really plain example of 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 why uh, there's a need for independent journalism um how can people in missoula keep in touch with you guys um, and follow what you're doing and uh, show their support? Well, um, we've got, we have a mailing list uh, that we set up through the guild um, that's still active. So I would encourage people to check out missoulanewsguild.com and sign up for our mailing list there. We can stay in touch. Uh, if anything about where we end up as a staff, um, um, and, we're, and we, we have pages on, on Facebook and Twitter as well for that. And uh, 
there was a an account created uh, called Friends of the Indie Staff as well. That's a, a good way to follow uh, what we're up to. What's next for you guys um, to the extent that you can talk about it or um, have a plan at this point? We're just... Uh, we're just getting paid those last couple paychecks that Lee Enterprises owes us, I think. No, um, uh, we're still talking to each other and trying to figure out what our next steps are, both individually and collectively. Sure. We meet We meet almost every day and we, yeah, we continue to talk. We have not given up on our roles in independent journalism. I, yeah, I mean, I think that the community support and outcry that we saw, uh, I, I think this has been a, maybe a wake up call for a lot of people that, that, uh, this work is valued and important and in jeopardy. Uh, and at the moment doesn't exist at all now. So, um, We've certainly heard from community members who are interested in, in uh, supporting us going forward in, in our work. And at the moment, we don't have anything to tell them, uh, but um, we're thinking about it and thinking of ways that we could, at least I am thinking of, thinking of ways we could carry that forward. Well, that's pretty much um, all the questions that I have for you guys. Um, is there anything else that, you know, it's just weighing on your mind that you want to get off uh, on the record here? I don't know. I'm kind of drained. <laughs> Talked about this so much in the last week. I, I, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. Um, well, I, I do have one, one more thing. I've posted this on my Facebook page uh, a while ago, something that was on my mind, which is I've been in working for an alt-weekly for 10 years, and that's been my area of interest, but going through this whole thing has made me also feel very supportive of the reporters over at the Missoulian um, and the work that they do. Um, I think we need both a really good daily and a really good alternative paper, um, at least. And so that's just something that I've thought about in terms of community support that we should all be thinking about. Supporting both. Independent and Missoulian. Especially the Missoulian reporters. Right. Separating uh, the newsroom. Right. Bureaucracy. It's a tough it's a tough thing to navigate because I respect and value the work that the reporters do over there as well, but um, they the company they're working for is is making, in my view, harmful decisions mm -hmm. uh, exactly. that affect journalism in this town. And so I think that news consumers in Missoula have to decide how to sort those things out for themselves. How do you, how do you um, send a message to a company while also supporting the work that its that its staff do? Uh, and that's that's really the bind that that so many communities around the country face as the industry is, has started to crumble. Well, Derek and Erica, I keep wanting to call you Derica. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for your interest.
If you liked this week's episode of Missoula Community Weekly, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to catch up on our old episodes and keep up to date with our future work. Thanks for listening.